The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Castelli, and I love living at Adams Place. It's very friendly. Everyone here seems to want to make friends and be your friend. And the staff is fabulous. Betsy, who is the director of activities, is fabulous. She's always having something going on. We have music at least once a week, wine and cheese, and there's all sorts of different type of activities. I would highly recommend Adams Place. You don't have hot dogs or apple pie or no Chevrolet to drive, but we have some hickory smoke wings you're just dying to try. You'll try them, you'll like them, you'll give some to a friend. So on a dare, just stop on by and bring in a friend. Slick Pig Barbecue, 1920 East Main. Let's head over to Adams Place and Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Uh, I have my old buddy Bill Kennedy on today. And, um, gosh, we've got a lot to talk about right now, Bill. Uh, so many um, amazing things happening, like um, Pittsburgh Steelers winning the game at the end just to just to get into the, the playoffs and Everybody was totally shocked about that one. Uh, I, I guess Roslyn Butler, maybe he, he he just came back just for that one game. Do <laughs> you th- think they'll actually win another game? Well, we're against Kansas City, so I'm not sure. It's going to be a tough road. But, you know, Big Ben, he's pulled them out there at the end quite a bit. Um, I was excited. That was an exciting ending that, to that game. The more exciting ending was the um, – Raiders and Chargers game. I stayed up until midnight to watch oh, that. Oh, that was a great game. <laughs> but how about the uh, the Titans play? The, I mean, uh, Houston, uh, they play better against the Titans than they do anybody, and that was a heck of a game. It was. Uh, I would I would say that the Titans have a really good shot if any if anybody that we that we would prefer yeah. to 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 win the Super Bowl. So I, I'm I, picking them. Uh, I'm not prejudiced, but I'm picking them to win. <laughs> well, of course, I would prefer the Steelers to, to win a Super Bowl, but I, yeah. I don't think we have the, the tools necessary to do it. But I, I think the Titans do, especially if they get Henry back. Yeah. I've, I've seen uh, a lot of the Alabama fans are making excuses now. <laughs> it's all over the paper and yeah. everything, if, and, or, but. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it was it, it was amazing. It's hard for me to feel sorry for him. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, just, I just can't do it. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, you're out of the law enforcement business, yeah. which you were the one of the best ones I ever had. Well, I appreciate and you that. did a tremendous job uh, with the SROs and, and, uh, I think that that was one area that, uh, our guys stood uh, a head taller than, than most because of the way that you trained them and the way that they, uh, 
uh, were able to respond. Now, uh, you were with that first group of five uh, that w started the SRO um, uh, division, and uh, but you were also one of our guys on the SWAT team. Yeah. And, of course, you always put the biggest, baddest guy <laughs> in there. And do you remember, and I was talking about this this morning over at the coffee table, and when they had a riot going on at the workhouse, yeah. and uh, we all went over there with with the guys that I knew that could handle it with pretty much ease, and they were going to ambush our guys as soon as they went back there where they were all um, protesting, you might say. Tell me what the atmosphere was when you guys <laughs> went in there. Well, it, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, at the front door, it was completely barricaded. They had, yeah. their, you know, and and I was the shield guy. I was the guy that was going to go in first and break down the the barrier. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, this huge boulder that they had broken off from inside the cell block came through the door and hit the shield. And I said, oh, man, it's on. Yeah. We're, yeah, this is going to be a fight. And there was about 40 gentlemen inside uh, that cell block. And there was 12 of us mm -hmm. that were going to enter. And uh, and as, as soon as you gave the go-ahead, we broke through that barrier and we went inside. And as soon as they see us came inside, come inside, all 40 of them just went down to the ground. Yeah. They didn't want none of that. <laughs> so uh, there, there, wasn't any, there, wasn't, there wasn't any fight. There wasn't any struggle because they had just gave up. And they saw that the, you know, we, weren't gonna, we weren't messing around that day. They weren't outnumbered, but they were, were out-muscled. Yeah. There was no doubt about it. So. Oh, yeah. This, yeah it, it would have been uh, 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 an interesting situation if they had decided to have. Uh, yeah. Fought, have fought back but they didn't they all went straight to the ground they just quit now uh, uh most of the guys that retire they they miss those old days yeah. they really do and but there's something about uh the sro division being one of the, the well the first one to start and and all of that i know that you guys missed it because you built up such a great relationship with the kids Oh yeah, I, just ironically, the other day, you know, I I, I have these daycares that uh, my wife and I run now, and just the other day, I had a gentleman who came through the door, and he looked at me. He goes, "Well, you're Officer Kennedy," <laughs> and I said, "Yes, sir, I am." And, and I didn't recognize him at first because it's been a while since I've seen him. Of course, he was a kid. Oh, so he's a father now. Yeah, he yeah, oh yeah, and uh, and. And he was bringing his child to our daycare, and, uh, and I said, "Yes, sir." And then he said, "Then he gave me his name, Colin," uh -huh. and I said, "I do remember you." <laughs> you know, it's usually those young people at the time that uh, were getting in a lot of trouble that I remember the most because yeah. I had to deal with them the most. But uh, this young man, he he was never in trouble. He was a good young man, played athletics. But that that was that's what's so special about the SRO program is that you built so yeah. many relationships, you built so much rapport with those kids. They came to know you. They came to trust you. And, you know, here I am 30 years out from law, you know, 30 years of law enforcement. I've been retired for one year now. Yeah. And uh, that's what's, that's what I gather that, that is so great for me is the, those relationships that I was able to build. And they still remember me and they still come up to me and say, I, I thought a lot of you, Officer Kennedy. And I said, well, I, thank you so much. That it's amazing to me. I look back on it after all these years, and the selling process to the county commissioners, as you remember, was very difficult oh, yeah. because the schools across the nation really hadn't had any problems at mm -hmm. that time. Nope. But 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 you could see it happening here, and especially uh, when we had a, a great relationship with the principals at the time and the superintendent, and. Uh, as as we listen, we we knew that we were going to have to do something about it, and uh, we needed to get a relationship between law enforcement and the kids, um, mostly high school and middle school at the time. But we did. Uh, the one of the amazing things is, and I don't know if most of them understood this across the country, but 
if you catch them early and develop a relationship with them, it changes everything, and it changes their attitude for, before law enforcement officers. And it's as everybody knows, it's always good to have a friend in those particular positions that you can go talk to, and if you're having a problem, you can trust everything that you tell them is going to be handled properly. Oh, yeah. It, you know, you had the foresight to see, because we were having, literally, we were having riots in our high schools. Yeah. And, you know, you they, there was all kind of different programs out there, like D.A.R.E. and some others that uh, were working at the elementary level, but there wasn't really anything out there that would put an officer in school that was that was anything less than a security guard and or an enforcer yeah and so you know you you found that program in sarasota florida then you went y'all went down and figured it out and brought it back and then we put our own little twist on it and and developed it made it ours and uh it, it was extraordinary because the difference was is that we weren't going in to to just arrest children and take them to jail. Our, our goal was that the last thing we wanted to do was arrest kids. The, yeah. the first thing we wanted to do is, is give them the opportunity to do the right thing and choose to come to us when they needed help. And that's what they did. Yeah. And we, I, the impact that we made, and of course then eventually we got it into the middle schools and eventually we fought to get it into the elementary schools and we got into the elementary schools. And that's really where we made our crossroads. And we really made significant changes when we were able to literally raise them up from the time they're in elementary school through middle school and now into high school where those attitudes and um, those decision-making skills were available because we, we, we went into the classroom, we taught decision-making skills, we taught citizenship, we taught uh, a lot of different classes in reference to trying to keep them out, you know, out of trouble. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe Rutherford County is better by it, much better for it. And the whole country was because yeah. you guys became um, pretty much the educator for the whole country back yeah. in those days. And, right. and you developed a great relationship with other law enforcement departments. And it just it just spread all over the place where we had j just a, a, a special feeling with all of these uh, law enforcement agencies across the country. And you think about, we were very, we were not a big law enforcement agency at, at that time. And then you look at the, all of these uh, big uh, towns like uh, Chicago, Pittsburgh, all these great big towns that uh, uh, were having problems, and they didn't know how to solve those problems dealing with those kids. And uh, I, th I think that the the media pretty much. They stay focused on those major cities rather than all the other cities across the country that are pretty much uh, uh, been following the the rules of the game, you might say. So, yeah, it, it's it's a big difference, and and people I think are are um, not being able to focus on what's really happening in their own communities. Well, it's funny you said you brought up Pittsburgh and. and course Pennsylvania where I'm originally from is that um, you know when we first started the program here in Rutherford County there was commissioners I know one of commissioner in specific who was just adamant that we would not wear a weapon that we could not carry our gun into schools yeah. and, and of course that was a that we, was free, a, we refused that we refused that yeah. but in Pennsylvania uh, up, just up until recently they just finally allowed their law enforcement officers to carry guns in schools even after wow. Sandy Hook in Pennsylvania, they still refuse to, to acknowledge that it's a, you know, that's a tool of a trade and that you got to have your tools to make sure that you are protecting those kids, yeah. you know, and so they just finally changed that around. Um, I know uh, there was a friend of mine from Pennsylvania who contacted me and said, hey, uh, there's a guy up here teaching class, um, and this was like a year and a half ago teaching class and he's from uh he's from rutherford county it was bill west bill west was oh up there. my goodness bill west was up there in pennsylvania teaching them school resource officers so yeah. uh, apparently he's still involved in you know teaching nationally you know what we you know what we learned and what we developed and so yeah. uh and th this person was extremely excited that pennsylvania finally came to the to understand that you have to have your tools of the trade to get into the schools. And so yeah. uh, that was an interesting 
uh, conversation that I had to have with him. Can you imagine responding to some of these yeah. terrorist-type things that go on in yeah. schools without a weapon? I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. Because uh, what could you do? I mean, you're just you're useless. I yeah. Mean, what are you going to do, just throw your body in front of the, the, the situation and with no nothing? Uh, you just can't do it. You have to have the tools of the trade. And, you know, police officers, that's one of their tools, and they have to have it. Do you ever think back to some of the uh, uh, friendships that you developed over the years doing those particular type things because it was such an unusual uh, way of um, dealing with situations of all types in the schools. And we're seeing things change in the education system right now and it's not because of our local schools it's because of what's happening across the country and they've taken so many tools away from teachers and law enforcement officers it's become a totally different problem isn't it oh yeah and i've always said that the the teaching profession is not if not the toughest job on the face of the earth and and when you limit the uh, their abilities to discipline when you limit their abilities to to do what they need to do then uh, i mean their hands are tied what you know we were well when we were when we went in everybody was thinking oh well you know they're going to take over the school well that wasn't it we were partners we were partners with the principals we were partners with the teachers everybody worked together we worked in unison and and a lot of these teachers and administrators their hands are tied yeah. There's not there's not a lot more much more that they can do that they're already doing. Well, that that's true. But every once in a while, um, even uh, us and the principals we cross swords every oh, once yeah. in a while. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to set up the rules and regulations to begin with. And if uh, you know e- e- each principal had his, his own fiefdom in, in that particular school mm-hmm. so uh every once in a while uh, they didn't really agree with some of the things that we're doing so that's why we would have a meeting about once a month with them mm-hmm. and to make sure that everything was going according to the way it was set up and uh, you did a good job working with the principals during that particular time because if there's ever a problem and it starts to enlarge a little bit more than it should, you as anything else, you have to take care of it mm-hmm. exactly when we had to do it. Because uh, you, the SRO, you were uh, making sure the SRO was doing the way, uh, doing the job the way he should. But you're, uh, but you're also protecting him at the same time because he can't do his job if if you don't know um, who your uh, supervisor is, and and uh, they had to answer to you at the time, which made it a lot easier for us. Yeah, the, you know the, the the SRO was caught in the middle. You know the yeah. the SRO, and a lot of times, you know and almost all the principals were just wonderful to work with you know there were some times where and you're right you know the those principals um they got to their positions because they were were outstanding uh, leaders and uh, they were used to doing it their way used to doing it their way and they wanted yeah. it done their way you know? yeah. and and you know it's it's no, no nothing bad against any kind of principal or, or any situation but there was times where you know they crossed the line where they were using the SRO in ways that they shouldn't have been using the SRO. Um, uh, good examples were, you know, putting them in positions where, um, you know, a teacher should should be really doing that job, um, you know, and because if you put an SRO in a position where he, he or she had to, uh, um, I guess, stay in one location for a period of time, well, you know, that's, that's one location that's safe, but the entire building and the entire um, – facility is then put in danger because yeah. that person is limited what they can do especially if they have duties and responsibilities where they have to stay and watch like kids mm-hmm. um and so you, you 
you know, you're protecting 30 kids and you're leaving 2,500 other kids vulnerable because of that situation. So those are the type of things that we had to deal with. And and the officer really became a major part of the school because you had them uh, coaching yeah. and teaching in the classroom and all those things that uh, uh, brought them uh, face-to-face with all the students that were there. And they made – it's amazing. Coaching is, I've always said, that stands out more than anything in a school. Mm-hmm. And and you have so many, uh, you make a big difference with the the uh, young people that are there. And, and it's just something, you have a better hold on the kids once you're coaching. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I asked you this morning, uh, Dean Hayes at MTSU made a major difference in the kids at MTSU, and he w- he was an Olympic coach, uh, and uh, he he pretty much uh, was known throughout the world w- with his ability to turn young people into the special uh, oh, people. Oh yeah, and that's what's so amazing about coaches is that you try to, of course, you know, Dean Haynes, he had an opportunity to recruit those kids and then, and then, and then make them great or even much better than their, than they could ever thought they could be. Yeah. And I think that's really at any level. I like, mean, I didn't say he was a track coach. I, I didn't put yeah, that in there. He was a track coach, yeah. And so, you know, at any level, like, uh, I'm, I currently got a little wrestling program that I, I got going right now. And, uh, you know the kids who are coming to me right now they obviously they're just little kids and they just they just don't have any idea what their potential is yeah and and as a coach you want to pull out the the very best potential that they have make them the very best wrestler or football player or basketball player track star that they can possibly be now it's, it's up to them to decide how good they can and want to be but it's that coach that pulls out all the best in them and i think you're exactly right coach hayes and i can remember him he was over there when i was playing football for mtsu um he would pull out the best on all of them we had that we actually had some football players who would go run track with uh coach hayes um mm-hmm. in the off season um simply to try to get faster. i ran a little bit over there with him when we were running uh-huh. steps of course i ran steps with you guys when you were yeah. playing for the football team over there yeah it's funny because boots wouldn't let anybody in the in to watch practice and all of a sudden there was this gentleman who was running up and down the steps we're like who the hell is that and we was like well that's the sheriff the sheriff of what (laughs) the the sheriff who is that idiot running up and down steps (laughs) over there see that was punishment for us you know anytime anytime we jumped off sides or we did something wrong he said hit the steps and we'd have to go run the steps and here's you are out there just running them for fun i'm like okay Well, it wasn't exactly for fun, big boy. It could be. But what is it that when you're teaching a kid in in almost any type of sport that uh, makes him more successful by what he's doing there? He's finding out that he can really be more than he ever thought he could be. What is it? Well, it's motivation. It truly is. You, you got to find out because every child and every kid and every athlete's different, and yeah. it's you got to pull out what motivates that particular person. One person you 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 can get on to a little bit more than the other person. One person you can't get on into at all. One young person you got to hug and tell them uh, you know uh, different things, and so you got to find out exactly what what that young person's uh, trigger is, mm-hmm. and then trigger it. And uh, that's what, and then and then when they have success, that's what's that's what's so exciting. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I really love about wrestling is because uh, at some point, every young person will find somebody that they'll eventually beat, and then oh, then the light bulb goes off. Oh, okay, this is what this feels like. Um, this past weekend, we went to a tournament up in Nolansville, and we had uh, seven seven athletes go, and two of them they won their first medals. Mm-hmm ever and they were so excited they they lit up and at practice last night they came in and they were more motivated they were going as hard as they've ever gone and so that's that that's that little motivation that needs to bring them in but when you you were mentioning earlier i remember sean your son (laughs) 
Yeah. And Sean, he he uh, he really uh, had a desire to be a winner more than anything else. And poor little thing, I can remember watching him train with Daddy, <laughs> fussing and griping at him, and all of a sudden he'd start crying. And then Daddy would become more involved with what was going on. And I said, Bill, what are you doing? And that's with a big crowd all around. I should have kept my mouth shut, but I couldn't help it. And and, and poor little old Sean, it made him try a hundred times harder with Daddy on him at that time. Where in the world do you uh, separate all of that with, uh. with that um, – you just wanted him to be better, and, and well, not that's not exactly true. You wanted him to be the champion over everything, and I guess most parents are that way, aren't they? Uh, except for maybe mama. Yeah. Well, it, it's so now the next generation's up. So I have four. Four of my grandsons are now wrestling. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and uh, uh, two of them are criers like Sean. Okay. <laughs> and I only say that because Sean's not listening, is he? He probably will listen to this. He'll listen to it on podcast because I'll tell yeah. him that, that we're talking about him. But Sean uh, and and my grandbabies, it's an emotional sport because yeah. it's, it's not like football, basketball, or baseball where you have you know five or nine or eleven other players around you that you can either count on or blame, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrestling, wrestling's different. It's me versus you, and we're going out there and we're going to battle. And see who comes off the mat, the victor. And a lot of times, these young people they just can't stand to lose. And that's what was Sean was happening with Sean. And yeah. and you know, Sean went on to win two state championships, a national championship, and went on to wrestle in college. Yeah. And so you know, the, thus the the means met the end. And and he was an amazing wrestler. Um, same thing with my oldest, Michael, amazing wrestler, state champion, national champion, full scholarship for wrestling. Uh, amazing. And so I'm, I'm hoping and, we, and we've and I've had uh, probably, uh, I'd say, 15 state champions and probably 20 state place with place state place winners that I was able to be involved with and in coaching over the you know last 20 years. And so these little ones. I'm all I'm trying to do is is to get them to the point where they have success, yeah. and that's what's most really fun for me is that they, you know, that they start having success in their lives. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Bill Kennedy from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Luxuriously designed, exquisitely detailed, first in its class, corner to corner, a true work of art, capable of going from zero to $300,000 in a few seconds flat. Are we talking about a sports car? Oh no, we're talking about Jumbo Bucks Premium Edition Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. So test drive the new gold standard in instant tickets today. The Tennessee Lottery, game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million. All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. 
a man arrested by Murfreesboro police detectives will soon head to court. Cody Gilliam faced first-degree murder charges in a circuit courtroom February 9th. Reports indicate that Gilliam is accused of killing Blake Bolton in October of 2020. Rutherford County District Attorney Jennings Jones has details. Officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting that occurred at the intersection of North Tennessee Boulevard and Stonewall Boulevard. Officers discovered the body of Mr. Blake Bolton, who had sustained two gunshot wounds. Murfreesboro Detective Albert Miles was assigned as lead investigator. Detective Miles has charged Mr. Gilliam with the first-degree murder of Mr. Bolton. The suspect remains behind bars at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center under a $200,000 bond. Greenhouse Ministries held a grand opening and ribbon-cutting ceremony Tuesday at their brand-new building. Cliff and Jane Sharp founded Greenhouse Ministries more than 20 years ago with the idea of serving God by helping others through volunteers. The idea that we can help put people together, I think that's God's purpose is for His children to be helping other children. That was the vision that we had, and that's what we still want to be doing, is getting volunteers that are willing and have a desire to help those that are less fortunate. The nonprofit's new home is directly behind their current South Spring Street address and includes offices, classroom space, and efficiency apartments that are designed for a new men's program called Life University. The year-long program will teach participants how to live in a way that allows them to grow in a healthy manner that most never knew existed. News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. The Good Neighbor Network, on air and online at WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's most trusted source for local news. When the unexpected happens, fire, water, or storm damage, Fair Construction can help. Fair Construction is also there to help when a car slams through the wall. And that seems to happen more often these days. I'm Ron Hall. Let our family at Fair Construction help you. Call Fair Construction and we'll board up, put down tarps, secure your home or business until the insurance coverage is approved. I'm Ron Hall. Shop local. Let our family business help you. Fair Construction Company. Hi, this is Bob Cornell, pastor of Covenant Church right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The answer that you've been looking for is found in Jesus and what he accomplished at the cross. You see, Jesus changes lives from the inside out. We would love for you to join us at Covenant Church located at 1124 Brinkley Ave right here in Murfreesboro. We have services Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. You can learn more about us at our Cornell Ministries YouTube channel. We want you to grow in Christ at Covenant Church. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the mid-50s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, increasing clouds alone near 33. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 34. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn Pop Fresh Daily, their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Bill Kennedy. It seemed like you've been all over. Uh, management type of uh, jobs and uh it's hard to believe i would have never pictured you to be uh in child care (laughs) i don't know why not (laughs) but but everything is affected by everybody else that doesn't really have a hand on what they're doing isn't it i agree it's the Lord has a, a, a way of uh, opening doors that you never thought would open. And even going to the sheriff's office, I never thought I was going to be a police officer. I always thought I was going to be a teacher and a coach. And the good Lord opened that door, and I walked through it. And the same thing with uh, this child care has brought me my beautiful wife, Melissa, who's brilliant. And uh, because of her is the reason why we, we're doing these child care. She, she's been doing it for over 30 years, and um, she was a director at several different places and we decided to, you know, open our own businesses, and she's the really the brains behind all this. All I do is open packages and build stuff for her, and she just tells me what to do. So. But you're uh, dealing with uh, kids 
even at a lower age right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. And and I, how how does how do you um, accept that type of relationship? Because you've got them uh, very very young. Yeah. What what is four your top a, a age or? Yeah, we get we take them two to five years old. Oh, okay. Um, and every once in a while, we'll have some school age kids that will come in, like during the summer break or during uh, um, after school stuff. But most of our young people are between two and five, um, and we just love it. We just love it, and our daughters are involved. All three of our daughters are involved in uh, child care. Moms and dads have to thoroughly respect what you do because uh, um, you're in not only uh, keeping them there, they get out, I guess, in, in good weather and play out there, the swing set and all that out there where you live, uh, but um, – you're also part of an education process mm -hmm. and and so you're being moms and dads while you take care of them that, that that's amazing uh, amount of responsibility oh yeah and and literally uh, some of these young people we get for 10 hours a day five days a week and mm -hmm. so you think about that having that that awesome responsibility of taking care of a, a young people for that type uh, for that long but then you also have the responsibility of trying to educate them and melissa uh, my wife has a curriculum that she has been teaching for years and trying to prepare them for kindergarten so that's really what our goal is is first and foremost is make sure that they're safe and that they're taken care of during the day and then trying to educate them to getting them ready for kindergarten and that's what, really what we want to do do you do you have uh, books that you read to them mm -hmm that are fun but they're also educational to go along with that oh yeah melissa has hundreds of books and what i love is i what i tell the kids i said go get a book and they'll go up there and they'll pick their own book out and mm -hmm. they'll bring it to me and then they'll come sit on my lap and i'll read them the book and then uh melissa though she'll also do circle time where she has a specific book for whatever she's teaching mm -hmm. in relation to whatever that might be and she will read specifically a book that is relevant to the curriculum that she's teaching but what i love is i'll just sit there and they'll grab a book and come run, running over and sit on my lap and i'll read them the book so uh it's it's it, <laughs> this part of my life and this part of my uh career uh, i'm happy to be that uh, guy who's just reading books to kids <laughs> well you know I, I i'm like that uh, a lot of people they they wouldn't even expect me to uh enjoy those type things but i i got pretty good at becoming the characters that i would be reading in the book <laughs> yeah. uh um it, it, uh brer rare brer ba uh, uh rabbit brer fox and and all of those uh -huh. i could actually become one of those characters what i was reading we got a caller on the line they're probably thinking we're crazy caller <laughs> welcome aboard with bill kennedy oh no you, you guys are not crazy i'm the one that's crazy let me ask you guys something you know you try to do right Try to be right. Try to help people out, right? That's what we yes. were trying to. We were trained, you know. yeah. Then, Brother Truman, when you was our wonderful sheriff, remember those old days? I remember them well, Casey. All right. <laughs> I was trying to be a good old boy. Always trying to help old church members out. Trying to be there and do the right thing, right? Yeah, yes. Okay. One of my church members' son got in trouble. And they happen to call old brother Casey. You know how good church members are, right? Amen. Oh, somebody. everybody calls Casey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I went and went broke at a place called a bank. Oh, yeah. And bailed him out, their son, out of the wonderful jail in Mumsburg. Yes. Went broke. I never got a dime of my money back. Oh, no. Not a dime, Truman, and I got the paperwork. It, I got to find the paperwork. Uh, sir, I never got a dime of my money back. That's Not amazing. Not a penny. Um, can, you, can you believe that? N no. Uh, what happened? <laughs> that same question I'm asking. Never got huh. a dime of it. How long ago was that, Casey? Yeah, back when you was chef. Gosh, that's a long time ago. It, it was. It was. But I found the paperwork, I think, around six months ago because I 
put it up because I won't ask you about it. But you know, yeah. people something else when you try to, you know, try to be good. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I say, just people something else, so-called friends and so-called, like I say, some of my church members' kids trying to do do what we always try to do right. Mm-hmm. Never got a dime on my money back. Is that not something? Well, I don't think they understand what kind of position that puts you in when you do those things. Right. I remember you would do it. uh, I remember Bud Mitchell would come down and and do things, and I would try to warn him a little bit. uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But, um, But there are people that's got a big heart for everything, and you're one of them. But you also you, play a, 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 a mean musical instrument, too. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to get with you. I won't get it over to, uh, down to the, what, your, your shop or get it to you. I, I don't want Mother's Brother to know, and I'm proud of Mother's Brother's home and all we will be, but we'll be home. Mother's Brother's brother. I did a CD at my house a year or two back, and I got to get you a copy of it. Yeah, I got to have that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I get, get you a copy of that, but... We went to have some good times, you know. I can't complain. I've enjoyed everything, but I'm, but I'm saying, but I'm just warning people. And you know, you try to. I'm trained and taught, and I've all, I've enjoyed trying to do right. But I yeah. tell you, <laughs> welcome to. And I warn everybody: watch them so-called good friends. Well, if you've got a big heart. You're going to do what it tells you to do. That's true. That is so true. Yeah. That is nothing but the truth. Because I've been got so many times. That's I so, think that's that most of us have, Casey. But it, it, but you still feel good for for what you were trying to do. That's, that's, that's true, too. Yeah. That's yeah. true. I ain't going to take much of your time, but I'll just, you know, it's just, I, I'm going to do it again, knowing me. I know but, you But, will. you know, just people something else. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Just as way to you. But anyway, um, I appreciate you. I'll be getting back with you. All right. Thank yeah, you, Casey. Have a good one. See ya. Um, you know, it, it, it's amazing that there are still so many people in the world today that still reach out to others with all the negative things that are going on. And I tell you what, this community right here, the reason that everybody's moving in into Rutherford County uh, from all across the country is they see that we have things here where they always wanted to be. They, they want to be part of something special. And, y- y- you know, if, if you look at television today in the movies, and then you go back into the 19, early uh, 50s and things like that, where everything seemed to be perfect in those days. Rutherford County is that place, and everybody has been looking for uh, that, that special um, place where everybody is friends, they, they trust each other, uh, if the other person gets down, they want to raise them back up. You don't find that. Even in the special movies, you don't find it or anything like that. But this is real, and and, and that's the big draw here. Oh, I, I would agree, Truman. And really, that's what brought me to Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee State University was, to, was that particular attitude. Is you know Being from... The, the north pittsburgh pennsylvania um it's a different attitude it's a different way of life um it's I a whole lot better than philadelphia oh yeah i would agree with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and a whole lot of other cities but um yeah. but it is it's it's a completely different way of life um yeah. I, when i came down here i had a culture shock but man I, and, but that's what drew me here of course i always i told you the story about um, Coach Doc Crease and how he how the, his, it was so oh, in, yeah. it was so inviting the way that um, the southern atmosphere and the southern people just drew drew it drew everybody drew drew me in drew um, 
and, and pulls everybody into this type of uh, uh, culture, this type of community. I love Rutherford County. I love Murfreesboro, and I'm so glad that I was able to ra raise my family here. And but you brought something with you that that uh, a lot of people f would think they would never see somebody coming from a northern state or what other because you you wanted to not only be successful you wanted to give back to the community when you came down here and and uh i i remember when the coach called me about you and and all the uh um great um um uh, skills that you had dealing with other people and uh I just wish you could have been a better football player. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. Uh, me too. Uh, I wish I could have gone to, to the next level. You're right. Uh, me too. <laughs> but playing uh, over the nose, to, uh, over the center, that was a tough job right there. I mean, it really was. But you were a really, really good football player coming down here. But why is it you had more desire for wrestling in a certain way, maybe it's because of the young kids and things like that, than than you did for football. Well, like I was saying earlier, is like in football, uh, if if I do everything right and somebody else makes a mistake, we yeah. we still lose, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so they can either blame it on me or I can blame it on them, or we can blame it on somebody else. We can blame it on the coach. But in wrestling, it's just, it's just not that way. Two people go out to the to the center of the mat, and one one person comes off the victor. It doesn't matter. The coaching doesn't matter. The um, you know the referee. Sometimes the referee comes into in, comes into play, but the majority of the time it's hey either I practice harder and lifted weights more than you, and I know I know the moves better than you do, and I I came out the victor, and yeah. I can't blame it on anybody but me. And that I, I really like that aspect of of individual sports, uh, much like tennis or uh, all the other individual sports out there. It's 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 all on me. I don't have to. I can be as good or bad as I want to be, and that's that's what I like about it. What was the name of the guy that beat the Russian? The Russian had in, in the Olympics. He had won yeah. I don't know how many of them in a row, and he was unbeatable. And and uh, the guy he he didn't look like he was in shape. I mean, <laughs> he really didn't. He was huge, uh, but but. Uh, he had some of the best moves I've ever seen, and, and he just dominated that uh, match. His name was Rulon Gardner. Oh, there you go, Rulon Gardner. He's and uh, he was a two-time Olympic gold medalist and a and a uh, uh, bronze medalist. So he had won three Olympic medals. Um, and it, it, you know his story is amazing. Uh, if you ever get a chance to to look him up on Google or, or see his story on ESPN. He has an, an amazing story as well. Um, whatever, whatever became of him? Um, he's still around. Uh, he, just like all the rest of us, he's retired and doing it, doing it. Uh, I guess like wrestling on the side, like a, like coaching on the side. But mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's not competing anymore. He's that that part of his life is over. Do you ever run into any of the football players over here at MTSU now? Oh yeah, I see. I see. Several of them that still live here in, in Middle Tennessee, and on yeah. Facebook, on Facebook, I'm friends with a lot of them, and it's wonderful to see everything that they're doing in their lives and being able to still communicate with them. Um, it, the the best was this this is the first year at, now that I'm retired that I was able to get season tickets for MTSU football because you know, I've been working on weekends for the last ten years. And so it was amazing to go back and be able to run into folks that you played with or people who still remembered that you still that you played at MTSU. Um, got to see some old friends like old Kenny Nolan and Tim Tackett and the Campbells, uh, um, Tommy Camel and, and his wife. Uh, it, they, those are the great opportunities that I love to go back to MTSU and see some of the folks that I got to see. I'm kind of surprised at that. You know, the – the basketball teams, they will they will go back uh, whenever they would have a reunion at, at MTSU. Why would the uh, football players not do that? Well, you know, well, you're talking about a hundred football players, and if you got four years that you played there, that's four hundred football players. So it's hard to get four hundred football players to get it at any given time. But we did have a reunion of sorts um, when uh, Coach Donnelly got 
inducted into the National Hall of Fame. Yeah. Every player that ever played for Coach Donnelly was invited by his family to a reunion, and we did that. It was in Nashville, and it was amazing. That was so much fun. We got to go out there and, and celebrate Coach Donnelly and, and got to see all of our old football friends. We, we did do that one time, and that was, that was a, really exciting. Well, tell me how that worked out because I'm sure Coach Donnelly remembered every one of you guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure of that knowing him. But, but uh, how was the relationship between you and Coach? It was, it was great. Uh, I, it was, of course, player-coach. It wasn't uh, – you know, he really um, was close to the quarterbacks and kickers and – you know, specialty guys, us, us linemen, you know, he remembered who we were and, and probably that never changes, does no, it? No, bless your heart. You yeah. guys are the ones that carry the team yep. and, and, and you carry it on your backs and, yeah. and you still get that kind of treatment. Yeah. Well, you know, back in, um, I, I called him to help me one time, um, when I, when I was going to run for office and he, he remembered who I was and said, absolutely. And he came down and spoke for me. So, uh, yeah. So he, Coach Donnelly is an amazing individual, and I'm, I'm proud to have been in, uh, part of his his, te- his teams and his legacy. But he will always be coach. That's right. That's right. And, and, and each sport has a, a different way of dealing with that. I can still remember uh, Pat Head, Summit, mm-hmm. yeah. and how she built a relationship with the girls that played for her. And it was so strong. I know that they were interviewing a, a couple of uh, the players that uh, have been gone for a long time, and they were talking about her. And every time that they would mention her name, um, that you see tears flowing down their uh, faces. And this was an extremely positive relationship that Pat had had with all of her girls and, and uh I, I i'm not sure that we'll ever see anything like that again and um uh, tennessee w- was was just pretty much dominating mm-hmm. basketball in oh, those days sure until till she got sick bless her heart but uh, uh i know when uh my, my wife jackie uh passed away um it uh uh, I, a number of people, which I was very proud of, uh, donated to her uh, uh, what, whatever uh, Alzheimer's mm-hmm. uh, a thing, and uh, I was uh, really happy about that. And especially, much as I love Jackie, and and then uh, being able to do that for somebody like Pat and and all the others that have had that terrible disease. It, it was really, really special. And it it just goes back to show you uh, sports has a great mm-hmm. way of uh, making people better, educating them, and, and uh, they become better people. And a lot of it goes back to the coaching, oh, which I is agree. amazing. Oh, I agree. The most fond memories I have in my life is that around people who uh, either coached me or I was able to coach. And, I, you know, I, I really look up to those individuals who shaped my life. And I think that's what coaches do. They shape people's lives. Yeah. Well, are you happy that you left Pennsylvania and live in Tennessee? <laughs> I am, especially, you know, snow. You know, it's a, we did get a few uh, inches here in the last week or two, but up there it's a how, whole lot How was the roads over at your place, over at your house? Uh, surprisingly it's christiana is, 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 in, is yeah, your area it's out, yeah it's out in christiana out there by plainview elementary school and uh surprisingly they were really good uh i got to give it to our um our county uh, works people and they got out there and plowed and got got salt on the roads and we weren't snowed in for very long uh we were able to get out probably the next day you don't have any real hills out your way no uh, everything's pretty flat where i'm at yeah I went over off of Bradeville Pike and and uh, Big Springs Road, and I was driving five miles an hour because, <laughs> as you know, if you're at top of a hill and you're going down, you don't want to have to ride your brake in mm-hmm. snow and ice. It's just right. not going to work. So, but 
It was. I can't stand to be cooped up. I'm not. I cannot stand it. I've got to get out in, in the in the air and everything like that. Uh, be be real, real careful though. I tell you, my wife, who's from Alabama, she doesn't. She hardly ever seen snow in her life. And she, when it snows, she went outside and played in it and oh, uh, took took all kind of pictures out there. And she she got out there like she was a kid, and she just loved to see the snow. Of course, she was ready for it to go after a day or two, just like yeah. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but she was just like a kid out there, uh, just messing around in the snow. Uh, well, we'll ask you this bad question. I try to stay away from it, but um, has the COVID affected childcare around here? The nursery things and stuff like that. Yeah, um, some of the bigger centers that some of them actually have had to shut down um, because of infection you know either yeah. teachers and or children but uh you know because we're in home child care facility um and we only take care of you know 12 kids at a time it's it's not as bad uh when we get word that someone is uh either got covid contagious or been around somebody we nip it in the bud right away they have to stay home for uh it, it was 10 days but now five days non-symptomatic but uh we try to our best to keep on top of every all that so, so that nobody gets infected and we've we've done pretty well we've not had any real problems yeah well you know since i've been coming out here to adam place which is a, a long time now uh, we we have these little uh things that that check your temperature and you just stand in front of it and i have not had a well i'm not sure i've ever had a temperature in my whole life i mean for whatever reason, I just don't get that way. But when I come in, I think I'm about 96.6 or yeah. what or something like that when I when I come in. But uh, most people um, um, make sure that the ones that are coming into their particular, uh, like Adam's place and like yours, do you do that or mm -hmm. or so yep. you do that. Yeah, before anybody comes it's required, through. I presume. Yeah, yeah, DHS asks us to do that, and we do uh, we do do that. Anytime a, anybody comes in our facilities, the first thing we do is take your temperature. Yeah. Um, if anybody's in, anywhere near 100 degrees, we ask them to immediately go back go back home. Yeah. Um, that way, nobody else in the facility gets infected and or and you know if they if the temperature's gone the next day and there's no no uh any other symptoms we allow them to come back but yeah. um but if there's any kind of if there's any chance whatsoever of covid we ask them now to stay out for five days and if there's any symptoms 10 days so well I, I'm, I'm you know me i'm not much on people telling me what to do but there's <laughs> yeah. a couple of things i do do i always uh, make sure that i follow the rules over here at adam's place because mm. I'm, I'm there's always people around that that uh, could be uh, affected by it in a, yeah. in a bad way, as, oh, yeah. as we know. But uh, um, it's um, I, I I don't like for the whole world to be just absolutely um, uh, put in in some type of of uh, sentencing. You might I, that's what I call it, where you have to follow the rules all the way across the country, and it just really bothers me and I, I know some people get aggravated with me but uh, that's just me you know um, I guess I've been blessed to have a a, um, a strong immune system for certain things but uh, I'm glad that we're taking care of our older people and we're taking care of our young people and, and that makes a, a big difference and for all of us oh yeah and I believe in that very strongly so where are we eating today? Oh, I think Miller's would be a great place to go. Gosh, that's the first time we've eaten there. <laughs> well, in a long time, but at least a month. Hey, you know, that was our main place to go there for a I long know. time. I know. They and I love going out to the country. I, I mean, it, it's, it's really special. And you're not too far from there. I live I live three miles from Miller's Grocery. <laughs> well, I was thinking it was a mile and a half. Well, it feels like a mile and a half because it's all country driving, so you feel like you're out there. Yeah. Well, let's go eat. All right, let's go. All right. We're through here at the radio. You guys take care today.
from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 